the weekly message from Encounter, where the past has no future and hope is reborn. Our speaker today is Bishop Michael Rice, lead pastor at Encounter. here, huh? Turn to the person nearest you and say, you can still make it. Turn with me, if you would, to the book of Mark, chapter 16. It's good to see the regular people that are here, and uh, we have a couple of visitors, and we're glad that you're here. I'm going to make you stand up or give a speech. We're too cheap to give you a coffee mug. Might as well just start off with truth right off the bat. Mark 16. Verse number one. I'm reading out of the New King James Version, and it says it this way. Now, when the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome bought spices that they might come and anoint him. Very early in the morning on the first day of the week, They came to the tomb when the sun had risen, and they said among themselves, Who will roll away the stone from the door of the tomb for us? But when they looked up, they saw that the stone had been rolled away, for it was very large. And entering the tomb, they saw a young man clothed in a long white robe, sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. But he said to them, Do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. But go, tell his disciples and Peter that he is going before you into Galilee. There you will see him as he said to you. So they went out quickly and fled from the tomb. For they trembled and were amazed, and they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. Would you be kind enough to stretch your hands this way and pray with me and for me? Father, you have been speaking to my heart for, I believe, weeks about this, and I... I, now stand before your people, and I know, God, that if this is left up to me, it's, it won't end well. I need you, Father, through the power of our dear friend, Holy Spirit, to minister the truth to every individual, not only those that are here physically present, but those that are watching through YouTube or Facebook or will watch it through Facebook. 
I just pray that your will be done. I stand on this promise that your word will not return void. It will accomplish that which you have sent it to do. Now, Father, I ask you to help me to clear my mind and my heart. Every distraction, I take authority over it in Jesus' name. And I thank you, God, for liberty to share. Amen. Thank you. That's not, that's, not, that's not a formality, me, when you pray for me. Prayer makes a difference. This is a unique message I feel that the Lord has put in my heart. I, I'm often, when the Holy Spirit moves on me, it, it isn't as much in words as it is my thoughts are directed. Does that make sense? And, and sometimes then I just, I just know something. And I, I know that the Lord has some people specifically that he's talking to today. I, I sense that there are some here today. I, I don't know who. I'm, I'm not one of those guys. I don't, I don't know who he's speaking to. But there are, uh, this is a more focused message than, than typical. And... Um, and as with the Word of God, the Word of God is a two-edged sword. And so I, I, I sense that this is a, a message that is an encouragement, but it's also a warning. And I'll, I'll just leave it at that. We read through these verses, but I, I'm, 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 I'm captured by verse 7, where this... This being, I understand it probably is an angel that is sitting in the tomb where Jesus' body had been laid, and they go in and they are they're coming in to anoint his body with spices and for the, the proper Jewish burial, and they find he's not there, but there's this young man sitting there, and this young man says, You're looking for Jesus and you're looking in the wrong spot. I mean, know what I'm talking about. If you want to find somebody, you got to look in the right spot. Don't look for me in the health food store. In the grocery store, don't look for me in the vegetable aisle. Not there. There are other aisles that hold greater possibilities than the vegetable aisle. And this angel says to them you're looking for him but he's not here you need to go tell his disciples and Peter understand that these words that are coming out of this angel's mouth did not begin in his own heart They did not even begin in the heart of Jesus because Jesus says, I only say what I hear the Father saying. And so these are words from the heart of the Father to Jesus, to the angel, to these three women. And his words to them were, go tell the disciples, that's group one, and Peter, that's group two. 
Peter in this moment is no longer a part of group one. Or the Spirit of God would not have differentiated between the two. Peter's a unique character. There was a time in my life when people like Peter irritated me. I'm, 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 a, I'm, a, I'm a planner. I think things through. Admittedly, probably too much. Sometimes it's been a pain. Sometimes it saved my butt. But I'm, 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 I'm a planner. I, I calculate. I measure. I rethink. I pray about. I calculate. Can anybody relate to that? Is there anybody else but me? That's not Peter. Peter's the kind of guy, hold my pop, watch this, okay? More crazy things happen after, hold my cook, okay? Watch this. Peter is one of those impetuous guys that just off the cuff. It looked like a good idea at the time. And so let's just go with it. And, and those, those kind of people, you know, it's, it's, especially in ministry, as they got around me, I found them irritating. No, you, you just can't do that. But, I, but I've grown. I understand that, that in actuality, as a part of a body, you need that. You, you need the guys that are like me, that, and you need the counterweight to that. But there was a time that I didn't appreciate Peter. But when you begin to look at Peter, I think one of the things that we like about Peter is he's just real. My wife and I, at times when we're trying to find a movie to watch, one of the things we like is a movie that's based on a real story. I don't like the fake stuff so much. I, man, if there's a real life story out there, I'd rather see and know that. And, and Peter's real. Peter, we can relate to Peter's ride. I don't like these perfect people, you know, that just, I mean, know what I'm talking about. They just, just this week, I, or maybe it was last week, I, I read an article that I found somewhat fascinating. I, I don't remember his name, but the guy who plays Captain America in the Avengers series. I mean, he has it together, doesn't he? You look at him and dude has it together. Did you know that he, he, he initially passed on that, that opportunity? Because he suffers from panic attacks. And one of the, the struggles they had in shooting those series that he's in is they would have to stop shooting oftentimes while he went to his trailer and dealt with a panic attack. And yet when you see him on the screen, it's like, I'll never be that good. How many know what I'm talking about? Peter's just real. Because life is real. Life has its ups and it has its downs. It, it has its good times and it has its bad times. 
I had this misunderstanding when I first got saved that now that I'm saved, I'd never have another problem. And then when my wife and I went to the ministry, everybody is always going to love us and agree with us. Nah, maybe 50-50 on a good day. But life has its ups and downs. And Peter, he has his moments when he's, he's doing great, and he has his moments like, you've got to be kidding me, man. And Peter was so impetuous. He was so just off the cuff. Like, hold on. Don't, don't, don't jump yet. Let's think this through. No, I'm doing it. And yet maybe, just maybe, that's why God put his finger on him. Because there was a time when Peter and his fishing compatriots didn't have a good night of fishing, and they're on the seashore, and Jesus walks up and says, let me borrow your boat. If I were Peter, I don't know that I'd let him borrow my boat. Oh, don't look at me that way. You go into 7-Eleven, get your supersized Slurpee, and you come out and there's some guy standing there and he says, let me borrow your car. Get out of my face. Dude, no. I wouldn't even let him have a sip of my Slurpee, much less drive my car. And this is, this is not just Peter's boat. This is his livelihood. And he says, let me get in your boat and, and let's go out a little ways. And that seemed okay to Peter. You see, I, I've, I've learned something about God. I, I've learned that he will oftentimes interrupt your life. And he will challenge you to give something up. And you'll never have what he has for you until you give up what you already have. And Peter understood that. Peter didn't know that this was going to be an eternity-changing moment, but he at least had the wisdom to, to grasp it. Because Jesus was not only going to use his boat for a moment, but, but he was going to change the direction of Peter's life. Peter was a fisherman, but Jesus was going to make him a fisher of men. And what Peter was learning in that moment is that his profession was the platform that God was going to use. I can tell you, you can probably find how God wants to use you by looking in the rearview mirror. I've never been able to play an instrument. I, I really don't have a, a great desire to play an instrument. I mean, there's times when you wish you could, but then you've got to practice and stuff. And that, and that just ruins it. I just want to sit down at the piano... 
and then boom, there I am. And I, how many's ever felt that way? I don't know why it can't be that way. I just pick up a guitar, you know, and I can play it. My radio doesn't even sound right. I don't, I do. there's nothing in my past that says musician. But there was a time in my life when, when I, I found great joy in, 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 in looking at an old building or a run-down, ugly house, and I could walk into it, and in just a few moments, I could see what it could be. And everybody else is talking about the stench. Everybody else is talking about, look how bad that is. And I'm like, I want to buy this place. This could look like this, and this could look like that. And I'm like, I'm not seeing it. And then when God called my wife and I to ministry, you know, for, for every one person we've seen saved, we've seen far, far more people that have come back to God. Because even when they've been hurt by the church or other ministries and, and even Christians and, and they feel failed by God, God's given us the ability to look and say, you know, you can still make it. And Peter was that kind of a guy. He just, he just would just full speed ahead. And, and he gave his platform to God, and God gave him a new platform. And you will never go to the next step until you give up the last one. While you continue to stand on this step, you will never move forward. And, and, and if you're not careful, you will talk about how much you like this place and how comfortable it is. And I found this out about God, and this is a... This is a good word, as simple as it sounds. If, if, if you stay somewhere too long where God doesn't like you to be, you leave him no choice but to make you uncomfortable. He will heat it up. He will mess it up. He will dry it up. He will curse it up. And whatever he has to do to get you to move. And so my word to you is don't stay there because it ain't going to do nothing but get bad. You know what he's called you to do. You know what he's requiring. You know what he's requesting of you. You might as well do it early. Maybe that's why God liked Peter because he was just real. He, he, he would just give him a boat, a stranger. He would let the dude slip, sip out of his slurpee right outside of 7-Eleven. You brought your straw, dude? Go ahead. Let's, let's, let's hit this thing together. Not me. I'm just kind of funny about this. I don't want somebody lipping all over it. I sat at a, a table with a bunch of people from different nationalities, and they brought out a bowl of, of tortilla chips and salsa. And I looked around the table and I thought, you know, they're, they're not all Americans. Maybe they don't understand. I, I probably should say something. That there's no double dipping. And I, I waited. I, I mean, they, they had just put it down and I, I waited, just waited for just a moment. Somebody take a breath who was talking so that I could say, could we have a rule here at the table, no double dipping? And the lady sitting across from me, 
put that in their mouth, mm, back in again. It's just my thing. Don't. That's, I'm not being critical. I just don't. Don't do that. And Peter made the decision just to go with him. And how everything changed. One day Jesus is walking on the water, and Peter and the disciples see him, and Peter says, "I want to do that." You know what everybody criticizes? Uh, Peter, you know, got his eyes off of Jesus and, and began to sink. But I want to tell you, there was a moment when Peter was the second and only man to ever walk on water. When you hook up with Jesus, you're going to have some encounters that are just beyond description. Hanging with Jesus will get you some places. It'll cause some things to happen. There will be some miracles. And don't criticize Peter because Peter walked on water. And then there was a time when, when, when Jesus asked the disciples, all of them, who do men say that I am? And they gave all sorts of answers. And, and then he personalized it. Who do you say that I am? And I know we've talked about Peter's answer a lot. He said, thou art the Christ. You know, up until that moment, Jesus had never said he was the Christ. Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus was amazed. He said, Peter, flesh and blood has not revealed that unto you, but my Father which is in heaven. And I'm telling you a truth. Upon this rock, I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. It wasn't Peter the rock. It was the, the foundation of your ability and my ability to talk to the Father and hear from Him. But there's a part of that story that nobody ever talks about. There were 11 other people there who had walked with Jesus for now almost three years. They had seen him open the blinded eyes and unstop the deaf ears, saw him cause sickness to leave a person's body, call people out of the grave. And when Jesus asked them, who do you think I am? They're like, you had 11 guys going, I don't know. You're pretty good. But nobody else has an answer. They're all quiet. Peter had an answer. Sat on the table. My wife and I had been ministers just a few months at this point, and it's my first minister's meeting. Man, I was so forward looking, I was so looking forward to that. At this table with all these esteemed men, and all of them had so many years of pastoring, and man, I'm just there. I'm just like a sponge. I just want to soak it all in and, and get all the wisdom in the room, and, and we're sharing and talking. Man, I'm feeling good about it, and and one of them says, guys, I, I, I got a question for you. I got, I got this couple that's been coming to my church for three or four months now. He's a lawyer, and she's a school teacher. He said, man, they're throwing big money in the offering plate. They come dressed to the nines. They're professional. They're articulate. They're, 
he says, and, and last Sunday after service, we went out to, to lunch with them and, and to get to know them a little bit better. And he said, at one point I asked them, I said to them, listen. Now, he already had 200 people at this point. He said, but I asked him this question. What would it take to get more people like you in this church? And the lawyer said to him, you need to prove to people like me that you have something I need. I'm sitting over there, yeah. And so he, this minister then says, so that's, he said, I thought about it. What do we have? He's, he's got health. They, they both look like they're models from a magazine. They've got money. They, they have no financial needs. They're, they got a good marriage. He says, what can we provide them? That's exactly what he said. And I'm like, anybody else going to jump on this? I'm thinking, is this a joke? Are they setting me up for a joke? So I waited, you know, for wisdom. and I saw guy after guy. Yeah, I don't know. Those are tough. Well, you've got to be kidding me. I said, I, I know I'm the new guy. Can I just... They need Jesus. And they just, yeah, but what else? And it just, that fast, it was just gone. Peter said, that worked to Christ. The other 11 go, what do you think about that? Peter had an answer. Peter had a special connection with God. He had the 70, he had the 12, and he had the three, and Peter was always amongst the three. Peter is so impetuous when they go on the Mount of Transfiguration and, and, and who is it, Moses and Elijah show up, and Peter goes, this is awesome. Let's build a tabernacle for each one of you guys. Somebody go get some stones and some wood and let's build a tabernacle for each one of you guys. Jesus is like, cool it, dude. Don't need that. Peter was just that kind of guy. He was passionate. He was passionate about what he said. And, 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 and yet, we fast forward now to near the end of the ministry and it's what we call the Last Supper. He's celebrating the Passover with them. And we talked about it Wednesday night, about peace. He, he looks up to the room of his 12 disciples. The Bible said he was very, he became very sad, or he was very sad. And he said, one of you will betray me. I never caught this before. I even talked about it Wednesday night, how that none, none of them thought it was Judas. But go back and read that story again. Every one of them thought it was them. It said they began to ask, is it me? Isn't that a surprise? Listen to me for a moment. You've got to hear the truth in that moment. 
all of them recognize that there was something wrong in their life that could have disqualified them. What's yours? If you were Superman, what would be your kryptonite? We, we quickly find out what Peter's kryptonite is. Peter, it finally, everybody's going, Lord, Master, is it me? Like, did he see what I did? Does he know what I'm thinking? Nobody thought it was Judas because each of them thought it was them. Is it me? Am I going to do that to you? Peter looks over at John and says, ask him who it is. Jesus responded by saying, the person that dips bread with me is the one that's going to betray me. And Judas did it. The Bible says that immediately Satan entered him. Jesus looked at him and said, whatever you do, do quickly. Judas gets up and runs out of the room. And Jesus looks back at the 11 that are remaining there and he says, all of you will be ashamed of me. Peter speaks up. He says, though everybody would be ashamed of you, I won't do that. Tough times will expose where you're really at with God. Peter's hot pride is showing through in this moment. Jesus looked at him and said, Peter, before the rooster crows three times you will deny me this is a this is a, a word beyond ashamed it's deny you see this is a line here ashamed is one thing all ten of the other disciples were ashamed of Jesus but Peter denied him and this strikes at the core because God understands this about relationship acknowledgement is relationship you want to ruin your marriage just, just keep not acknowledging your wife or your husband Make them just drudge on day after day without acknowledgement from you. Saw a young man. He was dressed. I mean, he just, you know, he had the long basketball jersey on and the long basketball head the sneakers. I'm sure they were expensive and you know, he walked with a swag. You know, I don't have no swag. I can't even emulate it, okay? When, last time I tried to show swag, people started praying for me. Oh, no, he's having a seizure. So I'm not even going to try to do swag, okay? But he, he, come, he come walking into place with a swag. He's all that, okay? 
Behind him was his wife, and she's got one kid on the hip and the other one in the basket. He pushes that door open. Man, he's in. His wife's got to fumble with those kids and get the door on her own. He thinks he's all that. Never acknowledge that, hey, those are your kids. That's your wife. Come on. Acknowledgement is relationship. A husband that doesn't acknowledge his wife, a wife that doesn't acknowledge her husband, your wife does things and just, just some simple acknowledgement out of you goes a long way. Your husband, you know, he, he doesn't want to get up out of bed every morning and go to work. Take on the world by himself. Some acknowledgement helps. Your child, acknowledgement, that's my son, it's my daughter. Thank you, I'm proud of you, I love you. That's what relationships are built on, acknowledgement. Nobody wants to be ignored. Ignored is the worst kind of abuse. Come on. This is so profound to God that Jesus said, if you deny me before men, I will deny you before my Father. Wow. And Peter just went there. All 11 in that room were guilty, but 10 were guilty of being ashamed one of them was guilty of denying him listen to me Peter put up a good fight he didn't want what Jesus said to be true God's speaking to somebody right now that when they're in the garden and the, and the soldiers come for Jesus Peter pulls out his sword the devil's a liar Lops off a guy's ear. Be critical all you want, but this much I respect about Peter. He was aiming high. Okay? He wasn't just, better get back. He, he wasn't aiming for his belly button. He lopped off his ear. Something inside of him was driving him forward. He didn't want to be that one that denied God. And he was going to use everything in his power to make sure that wasn't true. Are you with me? Jesus said, Peter, put the sword away, man. Picked up the servant's ear and put it back on his head. And then they dragged Jesus away. And it happens. woman says to him, you were with him. No. No, I'm, I'm sure you were with him. No. Somebody else. You were with him. No. And here's the rooster crow. The Bible says that he wept bitterly. Just a few hours has passed. 
and we're up to this point in the story. By his denial, listen to me, I'm getting ready to close. By his denial, he has removed himself from the body of Christ and he didn't even know it. But the touching thing about this story is God the Father forgives and he restores. And there's an angel sitting on a, the, the in, inward parts of a tomb that says, listen, go, go tell the disciples and, and, and tell Peter I want to tell you, you can still make it. There's something inside of you that is speaking to you to get the course of your life righted. Follow that. A number of years ago, we were headed into New Orleans to get on a cruise ship and it's the first time we'd ever been to New Orleans and for a cruise and it's the last time we'll ever go to New Orleans for a cruise. But if you know me, I'm a planner. If you've ever traveled with me, you know exactly what I'm speaking about. I have the GPS in my vehicle. I've got the address to the cruise port in the GPS. And you know, cruise ships won't wait for you. You either on or you ain't. I've got it put into my GPS. And if you know New Orleans, it's kind of cut in thirds. There's a road that runs east and west. I think it's Interstate 10. And there's one that comes out of the north into the heart of... And, and we're, we're, we're on, I'm following the GPS. And, and I, I have a feeling I know where the port is, even though I'm trusting the GPS. And, and it tells us to get on Interstate 10 and to go west. And I'm thinking, well, the port's back there. But I'm trusting the GPS, and so I, we follow it for a while, but it says 22 more miles, and I know we're heading out of New Orleans. So I said, oh, okay, forget the GPS. I had, this, I had sent the address to Josiah and Gail Beth, and I had it on my Apple phone. Somebody pull that bad boy up. We're going to follow the Apple phone. We pulled it up, and it told us to turn around, and so we headed back east on Interstate 10, back into the heart of New Orleans, and then it had us turn north, and now we're going north out of New Orleans, and I'm like, time is ticking. But if you know me, I've got the directions from the port on the website that tells you how to get there. Plan C. I whip them out. We turn around and we're heading south now and it says to get off at exit 25B. And so we're driving along and I said, you guys help me we'll look for 25B. We're running out of time. And we come up and there's 26 and then there's 25A and I'm, I mean, I'm down to 40 miles an hour on the interstate. People are beeping because I don't have time to miss B. And we're going and it's 24, exit 24. But no worry, because if you've ever traveled with me, 
thinking this might be a problem, I also have direction from the port if you're coming from the west side. So I pull those out. Going to follow those. Pretty soon we find ourselves heading north again out of New Orleans and I don't ever see the exit it told me to get off of. We get off of an exit and we head back down into the center of New Orleans and at this point in time, I mean, we're 30 minutes from the cruise taking off, it seems. There's a little bit of panic in all of us and I'm just going to go with my gut because everything else has failed. I just drove down the interstate until I felt like here's where I need to get off. And I'm thinking it's, it's over that way somewhere. If I can get just close, maybe. And so we get off and I turn and we're in places you probably shouldn't be driving in New Orleans. And we get to this traffic light and we're sitting there and there's this little sign about this big, rusty old sign and it said cruise port it points this way and we make the turn and we end up getting right there I don't mind being the rusty old sign today and tell you you know where you're at you're at not because this is where God put you you're there because you have denied him lordship of your life and you want to accept God in everything else and you just expect him to accept this and he's telling you today the answer is no it doesn't work that way I gave all of me I expect all of you would you stand to your feet this morning That's Bishop Michael Rice, lead pastor of Encounter. More messages from Pastor Rice are available at our website, godenc.com. You can subscribe to our regular podcast through our website or on iTunes. Find us on Facebook under Encounter.